In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 71st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We have a lot here for you. Today we got Matt Ryan, Vic Beasley, the new fullback Justin Fowler, and cornerback Robert Alford all stopping by the Chronicles uh, this week. We're going to set up the Falcons game against the Jaguars on Saturday night at 7 p.m. The Falcons are 0-2, Jaguars 1-1. Hey, before we get started, we want to congratulate uh, my editors at the AJC, Ray Cox, who will be retiring here soon, and Chris Vivlamore, who helped edit the story that won the first place in the Dick Connor Writing Awards contest for the PFWA that I wrote about the anthem protest when the Falcons decided to kneel after uh, the president called out players around the league in the game in Detroit last season. So congratulations to uh, sports editor Ray Cox and uh, pro sports editor, Hawks beat writer, all-around good guy Chris Vivlamore. So let's start with Matt Ryan and the Jalen Ramsey controversy. Let's get right to that. Can we talk about the Jalen Ramsey comments before we get into football and so forth? We haven't talked to you. You saw your comments on the Dan Patrick show, but uh, a little bit of uh, feedback from you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same as I've said before. You know, it's, I think, you know, having played as long as I did in this league, you know, I've heard comments from. Everybody, both good and bad, at different times. So I don't worry too much about it. You know, my responsibility is go out there and play uh, the best football that I can, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that throughout my career. You even now file it away. File it away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't worry about that stuff too much. You know, uh, you know, we've got good players. I feel like I'm a good player, so I, I don't worry about that too much. What's your uh, stance? I, I guess guys talking trash to each other in this league is it something you think should just kind of be on the field or, or do you at least get a kick out of it when, when guys do change things publicly to, to reporters and such yeah i mean it happens that, that's kind of the at least throughout my experience it happens and so um you know i always feel like you go out there and you take care of your business on the field but it happens and guys choose to do it different ways it's not for me to decide on what should happen or what shouldn't so uh, but that's no different. It's grown up. It's kind of the same thing. It happens at different times throughout your life, throughout your career. Um, but again, you know, I don't, I don't worry about that stuff all that much. I don't really let phase me. You trash talk at all? Uh, I've been known to talk a little bit, but not that much. Uh, sometimes out there, usually I'm, you know, we've got so much, so much info coming into our helmet. Uh, in between plays, so you don't really get the opportunity to kind of yell at somebody when you've got Sark talking into you kind of right after the play's over, talking about what we're going to do next. 
There's Matt Ryan, his thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey comments, taking the high road there. And, uh, you know, he's been known to talk a little trash. We don't get to see it much, but he does get on his teammates uh, when they uh, are not in order or in line. And we certainly saw back in 2012 when he told the Panthers to get the F off of his field at the Georgia Dome right after a game. He got caught uh, talking some smack on uh, Fox uh, after the game. So, you know, one of the big controversies around the league in the preseason is the uh, helmet rule. There's a competition committee meeting today. Uh, Rich McKay, of course, is involved in that. No um, change to the wording of the rule is expected, according to our, our, our pal Mark Maskey at the Washington Post. But uh, there will be some points of clarification. Of course, uh, Coach Quinn has showed all of the uh, – calls from it's called lowering the helmet to initiate contact and it's clear to me i don't know what the big fuss is about you don't tackle with your head you don't put your head in the play these players grew up doing that and uh you know you go back to the 1992 rule which uh bill polian pointed out on Sirius XM Radio yesterday, before 92, you know, it was legislated. No helmet involved in the play. And these players grew up uh, apparently being taught to use their helmets, and uh, they're all freaking out about it. They need to, you know, form tackle, learn how to tackle. You don't launch. They got that out. Uh, hit with your shoulder and your body. Lead with that. Hit, wrap, and lift. And uh, it's going to take a while to educate the players, probably about three years before we get this down pat. But uh, Vic Beasley here discussed the helmet rule and uh, uh, how the players are trying to live with it right now. Big Beasley on the helmet rule. He thinks they're going to be okay. They're just working through the whole operation of it, you know. Uh, Coach Quinn had some interesting comments, too, with regards to the helmet rule. And uh, here's what more about, um, you know, players when they get low to the ground and, uh, you know, the running backs trying to fight for yardage and they haven't seen it because they don't. They can't practice low to the ground anymore. They they don't do that. And the uh, officials, he believe, and the players are, are adjusting to that. Now, Keanu Neal had a hit like that against Kareem Hunt, which Dan Quinn thought was a textbook way to tackle, but the officials called him for lowering of the head. So, um, yeah, they're still working through some things, but it's clear that the helmet's coming out of the game, and uh, it's not the end of the world like Richard Sherman and some other people are professing uh, actually could save some players from neck injuries, the kind that Ryan Shazier suffered last season. 
So, you know, stay on that. We're going to be hearing about the helmet rule all year and um, uh, competition committee today. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep seeing how it's applied throughout the rest of the preseason and then through into the season. Now, earlier this week, the Falcons signed Justin Fowler, the former Alabama fullback who played for three years over in Tennessee, started 42 games and uh, uh, with eight starts. Uh, sorry, played 42 games with eight starts over there for the Titans. He didn't fit in the Malarkey and Rabisky's offense and uh, was let go and uh, – was in Seattle for a little while, but had some injury problems. But he's an old battering ram fullback, 261 pounds, good lead blocker, uh, caught seven touchdown passes at Alabama. Uh, now does he fit the Falcons' kind of tweener fullback system? I, I think he, I think they need to change that and go with a more powerful guy like Fowler, uh, you know, to help lead block and, you know, help the Falcons in their short yardage situation. So when we talk to – Mr. Fowler, yesterday we wanted to know if he felt he could help the Falcons in their short yardage situations. And, you know, I don't need to chronicle the third and one in the Super Bowl, the fourth and two against the Eagles. Last week, fourth and two against the Chiefs. They threw a pass out of five wide receiver formation. I don't have to talk about the jet sweep at New England in the in the red zone. but uh, Or Edo Smith getting stopped on fourth and one. So, yeah, this offense moves the ball, but in short yardage situations, it's been coming up, uh, uh, you know, not so good. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Fowler is a shift towards a more power back at fullback, and, and we'll see if he can stick and if his hamstrings are okay. But here's uh, Jostin. Short yardage, they uh, you know haven't been able to, to, to do very good. You think you can help the short yardage offense? Here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just get to my, I try to jump forward for two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, and then as far as your lead blocking, do you think you can help the uh, short yardage yeah. offense and oh, yes, create some room for the backs? Oh yes, sir. I mean, I gotta get in there, dig them up, blow them up, and mm -hmm. they can run right behind me and just put my head down, shoulder pad down, and get the get the yardage that we need. Mm -hmm. And on special teams, uh, what do you think? I know they uh, you know, said the fullback plays 25% of the time, so they need somebody on special teams. Do you think you can handle that part of it? Oh, yeah, I can handle it. I'm just trying to see what they want me to do. Whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. Like, go out there and give it all I got. Uh, Nate, uh, you, you cool with Julio and some of the other Alabama guys here, Calvin? Yeah, I actually just got done talking to Julio. He was just trying to tell me about the practice tempo. And, um... And Calvin, he just been telling me, um, just keep working hard and just just be on time and just do things right. All right, thanks, appreciate it. Talk to you. Yeah, Justin Fowler, the new fullback. I'm sure the Falcons. Uh, I haven't talked to Coach Quinn, so I'm just guessing here uh, because he's injured and. Um, uh, you know, coming off of the hamstrings, and he hasn't really played special teams. That I'm thinking, uh, you know, they're they're contemplating maybe two fullbacks, maybe a power back and uh, Ricky Ortiz as a special teams fullback, and then you can go with the two running backs. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna the roster might break down a little different this year, and I'm sure they're gonna probably keep an eye out for any fullbacks that are being. Uh, released by other teams. Now, just check it in uh, with my man Robert Alford. Uh, 
you know, the cornerback, right cornerback for the Falcons. Uh, Robert, uh, you know, kind of fond of him a little bit. He uh, We used to do his uh, diary with him his rookie year and kind of watched him grow and fight through those holding penalties and so forth. And he's always been a stand-up guy. So, uh, you know, I always try to check in with him to see what's going on with the defense. Here's what he had to say yesterday. You know, uh, new season, ready to go. What, what's training camp been like for you? Um, it's been going good. Um, got a lot of off-season work this um this off-season with my with my homeboy Ryan Clark. So just some okay. things that I wanted to um incorporate in my in my technique from last year, and um we got to it this off-season. And so far, camp is going good, going as planned. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this is the third exhibition game. Where do you think the unit is as y'all are coming together? I mean, y'all ain't rookie. Nobody gets calling y'all young guys no more. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're doing good. Um, as you know, like you said, it's, it's only our third game, so each week we're just trying to progress. Um, and, and bring the younger guys along with us. Um, I mean, just from film, it's some things that we can improve on. Um, but overall, I mean, we we doing good as a unit. And the uh, the NFC South, the receivers y'all face. Um, you think that's the toughest, you know, group uh, y'all in, in the league, you know, just from what the Saints got, what Tampa's got, what, uh, you know, Carolina's got. They got some new guys up there, I guess. Um, I feel like on um, my division, um, it's always good um, every year. Um, you have guys um, that's in the top tier in, in, their, mm-hmm. in their positions each and every year. Um, I feel like just with, with the NFC, I feel like we had a we have the, um, the toughest division. But um, like you said, we have good quarterbacks. We have um, good good receivers. So each and every week you have to be on your P's and Q's and make sure that you study those guys down to the T. So on Sundays it, it comes natural to you. How good can this defense be? A lot of people have high expectations for y'all this year. I feel like the sky's the limit. Um, I feel like last year I feel like we showed what we could, um, what we could Become, and I think this year we're going to progress to um to the elite, the elite defense that we want to be. Um, all we got to do is just come out here each and every day and just um perfect our craft and, and, and stay stay on one one accord and go out there and execute on Sundays. All right, thanks, Robert. Appreciate Robert Alford there talking about the defense being uh moving into elite status in the league. Now, lastly here, we're going to look at the Jaguars. This is a great matchup for the third exhibition game. Of course, the Jaguars had their breakthrough last season, rode it all the way to the AFC Championship game, but couldn't deliver the knockout blow to the Patriots uh, just to step away from the Super Bowl. For the Falcons offense, they're going to see four pro bowlers on the other side of the ball and defensive lineman Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell. And, of course, the cornerbacks, A.J. Boye from Tucker. Tucker High here in Georgia, Central Florida. Uh, got the big contract after breaking in with the Texans. So him and Jalen Ramsey will be lining up against uh, Muhammad Sanu, Ridley, and uh, uh, who's our third there? Justin Hardy's going to more than likely start because Julio and Devontae will not be playing. So they'll have their four Pro Bowlers and two of the Falcons are, will be sitting. But a good test to see if they can move the ball against uh, a stout defense for the Falcons uh, 
offense. They're going to play at least two quarters. Uh, Coach Quinn said three to four series, maybe two quarters could leak into the third. I know that Coach Smith used to always like to have the starters uh, go through their halftime ritual and then come out, start the third quarter before he shut them down. Uh, Quinn's got a more of a series count, you know, three to four series is where he wants to go. If they go quick in the first half, he's cool with it. If it has to go into the third, it looks like he's ready to go into the third, uh, with it. Uh, offensively, the Jaguars present a problem with their running attack. It's a committee, uh, but Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon are the main members of that committee. And, uh, you know, certainly they have Blake Bortles at quarterback. Uh, so the run defense will be the big thing getting tested by the, by the Jaguars. And the Falcons passed their first test last week against Kansas City. Uh, but this one's a, a much stiffer test, a bunch better line, and, uh, you know, two different uh, styles of backs. So with that, we're going to close here with the 71st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Get ready to head out to practice today. Uh, we got a story coming for you on uh, special teams coach Leon Washington, one of the NFL record holders for kickoff returns. About Matt Winkle, John, Leon, I sat down with him yesterday talking about how he's been trying to help out the returners, Calvin Ridley, Edo Smith, and Marvin Hall, and, and uh, Justin Hardy get ready for the season. He's a member of the Bill Walsh Minority Coaches Program and uh, hope to uh, catapult that uh, into a career in coaching for the former Florida State running back and excellent returner so take care and you all get ready for this big game here on saturday night it's a really good one for the third exhibition game and then we can kind of start pointing towards that thursday september the 6th opener in philadelphia you know we'll skip right over that fourth and final exhibition game uh you know just be a couple players fighting for those last few spots and we'll address that but uh as far as the real deal goes we can start uh pointing towards that after this game probably midway through the third quarter uh we can shut it down and uh Start talking about the Eagles and, you know, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz, who's going to play, or, uh, no, they got a linebacker out on suspension. But, hey, we're getting closer to the season. We'll get Labor Day in here between that. Uh, but, yeah, football, real football is really around the corner. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.